is Leonard Fournette, and he listens to Roster Watch. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for the week six edition of the RosterWatch.com Tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and let's dive right into this week's fantasy football trade market. As always, we will begin with the sell side of the market, and we'll begin with the running back side of the sell side of the market. Who else do we begin with than Miles Gaskin of the Miami Dolphins this week? 27 points in week five after a horrible start to the season. Uh, he was some people's fifth or sixth round pick by the time it was all said and done in draft season. Uh, Still only 15 touches in uh, week five on a 69% snap count after what was really a horrendous timeshare for most of the beginning of the season. Uh, To be fair, Gaskin does have some pretty decent matchups on paper the next few weeks, including this week, uh, Miles Gaskin using the matchup tool over at rosterwatch.com has the number six matchup of the week at Jacksonville. Um, And Tua is close to returning. Uh, But I would trade Miles Gaskin immediately while there's a little bit of buzz in the air. Next up on the running back side, Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts coming off the absolute Monday night monster that is certainly seared right into everybody's brains. Uh, 17.4 touches per game. On the season, a lot less than we thought we were going to get after that, what was it, 26 touch week one performance. Um, they've been featuring Marlon Mack here a little bit lately, supposedly in order to showcase him for a trade, but uh, that's not really ideal in the meantime. And then, God forbid, they aren't able to trade Mack uh, over the course of the rest of the season. You definitely have fears that you've revealed, you know, the Colts have revealed how they may be. Uh, their true intentions may be to use this backfield moving forward. Uh, currently, it's a profile very similar to Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, and Daryl Henderson for Jonathan Taylor on the season. I do like his 25% touchdown dependency, uh, so it's enough volume and it's enough high-value uh, touches. Uh, he's got enough touchdown propensity in combination with those things that it's enough for him to be a very solid fantasy asset and enough to provide return on where you drafted him uh, at the end of the first round or beginning of the second round back in your drafts. But let's be honest with ourselves. I am a Jonathan Taylor manager, and uh, this isn't a less than an ideal situation. He's barely playing over a 50% snap count. I think the question with guys like this that are relatively elite assets is the question is always going to be what can you really you know do with them what can you really trade up for you know who can you really trade up for I mean there's there's a very small slice of players that would be you know real meaningful upgrades over somebody like Taylor so you have to be careful there these guys like this clearly are never a a must sell but I think that Jonathan Taylor is potentially like a pretty interesting liquidation piece if you happen to be off to a slow start and maybe need a few guys in return to help uh, field a better starting lineup every week and be more competitive uh, every single week. Maybe you've been rolling out like a garbage flex player, garbage wide receiver three, and 
you know, maybe there's a rich team out there uh, that's wealthy with uh, solid fantasy assets and maybe a couple guys that you view as buy lows. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor would potentially be an interesting piece uh, for a team like that who is looking to just, you know, build uh, – uh, they're, they're looking to consolidate right now for the biggest names in fantasy football if that's the type of team that's off the type of start that could even consider uh, um, making that kind of uh, trade for uh, from you. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, certainly a player that is – a wonderful keep the rest of the season, especially as we start to get excited about a Quentin Nelson return and maybe Carson Wentz looking a little bit better. And like we said, you know, if Marlon Mack is to be traded, that would be certainly be excellent news. But uh, I think there's still a little something there to be desired with Jonathan Taylor, a, a nice guy to keep, um, but certainly somebody that uh, I couldn't blame you if he came up in trade discussions this week in your league. And once again, I I tend to think he's probably – uh, more of a liquidation piece. You're trying to sell high off the big game as a liquidation piece. I think that's the most likely scenario that this is a shrewd trade for any Jonathan Taylor managers out there. And then, uh, you know, as for those that might be targeting him on the other side, on the consolidation side, uh, you know, they're they're certainly not going to be buying low on him. But uh, maybe there's a team that's just in position that could. Um, you know, consider that in your league. Next up, Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has Philadelphia, Chicago, New Orleans, and then a bye week, and then Washington up next. I would consider selling Leonard Fournette while he's producing in fantasy like an RB1, even though we know he's really profiling more as an RB2. And this was a relatively predictable recent stretch of really solid production. I think he has the name value and the cachet of the Tampa, of the, uh, Tampa offense uh, that, you know, Fournette uh, is really marketable, really marketable. And I think the conservative way to view this is that the other running backs in Tampa are certainly likely to get more involved as long as they stay healthy uh, as the season progresses and escalates. That's why they have those players. And to be fair, Gio was new to the offense. I think he was still integrating a little bit. He's getting a little healthier. Uh, they they may never really intend to use him the way that it looked like they were going to in training camp, even though he certainly provides something very uh, different uh, to them than than Ronald Jones and Fournette do. And certainly this has shown up in, in almost five targets per game that Fournette's been getting, which has basically been fantasy gold for him, considering he's only been at about 15 touches per game and had a, I'd say, an overall soft snap count percentage on the season. It's had quite a big, you know, range his snap counts have from game to game this year. But on average, it's what I would call soft for somebody who's been producing as well as he has in recent weeks. Um, so I think Leonard Fournette, a very marketable piece this week if you own him uh, and you're off to a good start and you have some other guys that are potential sell highs, this is a really good week to go shop Leonard Fournette and see if you can bring home a more premier asset. Zach Moss of the Buffalo Bills. Guys, he looks really solid in this role. Uh, it, to me, it looks like he's pulling away from Singletary a little bit, albeit maybe slowly. He just He's catching the ball. He's good in the red zone. 
he's bigger. He just a, looks like a better player. Really, really like what we're seeing out of Zach Moss right now. Um, so if you have him, kudos. Really nice flex player, I think, with a good amount of upside. Still, he's he's riding high right now, and at almost a 50% touchdown dependency on on what's only still 13.5 touches per game, 2.5 targets per game. We see that fluctuate from week to week. Um, good flex, great flex, still very marketable though right now. And I think Zach Moss is a really interesting piece to consolidate for an elite player. I mean, imagine if you own Leonard Fournette and Zach Moss or Miles Gaskin and Leonard Fournette or Miles Gaskin and Zach Moss. Could you package both of those guys up and go after maybe one of the elite players that we're going to talk about on the buy side here in a little bit? Or maybe you could take Zach Moss and one of these sell-high wide receivers we're about to get to and package those two up for a premier asset, an apex asset. Daryl Henderson, Los Angeles Rams. I can see why some of you may want to sell high on him right now. Just circumstantially, it, it's, I can see how your, your radar you know, might be going off. Your spider senses might be going off a little bit there. But I, I just... As an, I do think I would recommend staying put on Daryl Henderson for right now. Uh, his upcoming schedule through Week 10 is really quite nice. And I think he's going to be better suited uh, to be a player that we can use to really go nuclear in a consolidation trade later in the year, right before the trade deadline when we're switching gears to arming our starting lineups up, uh, you know, uh, for basically the playoff race at that point. And that's when we're going to be front-loading the equity uh, from across our roster into our starting lineup so that we have the absolute most beastly teams possible heading into the playoffs. Um, I, I, I think you might be selling a little short on Daryl Henderson if you make the move right now, and I think he can help you get some wins the next few weeks. But I can certainly understand why some of you are beginning to kind of get a whiff of Daryl Henderson uh, sell high. And then Alexander Mad- Madison, certainly been really nice for uh, managers the last few weeks. He's got Carolina this week, which has allowed the fewest points in fantasy to running backs on the season. And then he's got a bye next week. And of course, we have a Dalvin Cook return that seems to be imminent. Um, and look, if you get another week out of Madison uh, this week, and you're not a Dalvin owner, then that's all gravy, you know, and, and that's good good for you. But I uh, think it's time to at least see if the Dalvin owner has interest at this point um, with his status kind of up in the air and uh, the bye week uh, looming here. It's, you know, probably going to be your last chance to try to get anything out of the Dalvin owner if you're a Madison owner. Uh, and it makes sense for for you this week to do that. Don't do it at the sacrifice of getting a win this week. Um, but I think if you're in a position to where you can just try to be opportunistic with Madison, it's it's kind of your duty uh, to do that diligence this week. All right, folks, let's switch over to the wide receiver side of the week six uh, trade market, the sell high side of the week six trade market. Uh, right here on the rosterwatch.com tradecast. Uh, we'll begin with Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, you notice I didn't put, I'm not putting Mike Williams here in this category because I think he's the real deal. And you flat out just want to keep him. 
And truthfully, it may be the same for Hollywood Brown at this point. If it weren't for the terribly uncharacteristic drops in week three, Hollywood would have been on fire every single week of this season. Uh, The target volume and the snap counts are still a little bit low on the season for what we'd like to see. I get he's a super high-value target guy. That's just who he is. Um, But that still leads to, in theory, should lead to some more variants. We have Rashad Bateman coming in, the highly acclaimed rookie. I'm not sure that's really going to cut in. Uh, to Hollywood, but you know it could. Uh, certainly, we saw the Mark Andrews explosion there. Maybe he stands to get a little bit more involved as he should in this offense moving forward. You know, clearly Lamar Jackson looks excellent, and there's, uh, I think they're unleashing him a little more in the passing game. And there's a lot to go around here. Um, but I think just if you zoom out, you have to think this is at least close to the height of Hollywood Brown's value. I mean, it's certainly just about the highest his value's been in his entire fantasy career so far so I think a rational mind says there's a there's a you know sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking this is the highest ever uh, so it can't go any higher and that's that can be you guys have experienced that on the stock market or something I mean uh you know don't it's it's better late than never on some of these guys and sometimes there's a lot of meat left on that bone and you don't want to get caught with your pants down but um I can't blame somebody who would look at this and say this is the the most valuable Marquise Brown has ever been Therefore, in some form, he's a little bit of a sell-high or at least a very marketable asset, and it's worth just seeing what I could fetch for him. Um, but I would keep in mind, Hollywood Brown's still very much, I think he very well could be the real deal this year, so I would only use him to consolidate up to go after one of the biggest fish imaginable. Otherwise, I'd stay put with Hollywood. Um you know, the good news is he was likely your fourth wide receiver drafted. So if you guys are in the mood for this, uh, those of you who have him, a good chance you have the wide receiver depth to maybe take a risk and try to pull something like that off. Another Brown, Antonio Brown. I'm seeing his names pop up all over the message boards at rosterwatch.com. Um very similar to the conversation with Marquise Brown and uh, Mike Williams, uh, maybe to just a little bit of a lesser extent. Uh, he's he's the real deal. He absolutely could be the Bucks wide receiver one this season when said and done. We got great value on him in our drafts. Um, so Antonio Brown, like he may not be a guy you want to part with, but clearly people are feeling very high on him based on. What I'm seeing on the message boards at Roster Watch this week, people are wondering if he could be a tradable asset. I certainly roster him and have thought about this. And um, yeah, I, I you know I I I think that if I could move him for a super elite player in return, just given the fact that there's several guys and probably Gronk returning there in Tampa, um, yeah. For the right deal, I can. He's a guy I can part with, but it's got to be for a monster player. And look, Mike Evans' value is also sky high right now, so he's another guy that um, I don't think you'll see him in trade discussions as much because people are married to him because he was like their third round pick or whatever. Whereas people feel like they're getting more over with uh, Antonio Brown. They drafted a little bit later, but. I think those guys could both be in the same bucket a little bit here. Uh, very good players. You don't want to initially part with either of them could finish Bucks wide receiver one. 
but they are part of uh, and a great offense with a lot to go around, but there, there are a lot of guys there. So I think, you know, if you could get to that very, very top, you know, the highest of echelons, the top 1%, let's call it, of fantasy talents with these guys, um, you know, then I'd at least consider it. Kadarius Toney, the rookie, after the massive, what, 189-yard explosion in Week 5 uh, for the Giants, I think just simply by definition, that makes him a sell high. He looks like he has potentially a very bright future. I mean, if you didn't see a little Tyreek Hill do his game there, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And that is a, um, a very alluring proposition when you drop a name like that. Uh, and, you know, clearly the Giants have all the reason to continue getting him more involved at this point. I think still you just look at the circumstances around it. You say, look, this is Daniel Jones. It's the Giants. They got a lot of guys. You got Slay returning, Galladay. Uh, we know Sterling Shepard was, you know, looked like an absolute beast the first two weeks of the season before he pulled his hamstring. I mean, logic dictates he's going to get back in. I don't know if he'll regain the target share he had before, but uh, they got to continue to use a guy like Shepard. Um, you know, with Barkley out, I think maybe that buoys the value of somebody like Tony, who they're probably going to need to get a few extra targets out of the backfield, maybe uh, to a player of his ilk. Um, certainly an interesting keep. If you drafted or more than likely just picked him off over waivers, uh, it looks like a really good potential pickup with high upside. There's just a lot of unknown and a lot of uncertainty about the trajectory of how this will continue. So, I mean, he's one of the top waiver wire pickups of the week. Uh, he was a first-round pick in the NFL draft. He was um, got a lot of buzz right now. So by definition, he you know is is a somewhat of a sell high and obviously very marketable. And so if I could use him to package him up uh, right now to go after a player that's a more known commodity that I'm more uh, confident I can you know bank on and on and you know on the project for the rest of the season. Then yeah, I can I can live without Kadarius Tony, um, if I'm parting with him in that type of consolidation trade. Robert Woods, we talked about him last week. I think we kind of predicted the you know the breakout, the squeaky wheel narrative. I do like his upcoming schedule, um, you know, but we're not sold on him yet, right? Still not sold on him quite yet, and his value is up. So why not shop Robert Woods this week? Certainly not a must-sell uh, at the moment, but an interesting guy that if you've had him, you're you're not totally sure. And while you've got his value back up, you know there's a lot of other guys there. Um, you know, maybe see what you can get for him. Maybe see what you can get for him. I would say the same for Emmanuel Sanders. Two of his three receptions went for touchdowns last week. Uh, he's been really solid the last three weeks. He's probably a pretty decent player the rest of the season in that Bills offense. You know, still it feels kind of trashy, and we do have Diggs. We do have Dawson Knox, who's really emerged. And, you know, the running back's getting some targets there. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders might still have the name value, too, to older players in your league to where, you know, if he could get you something, if he if he has value and marketability, if he can help you – uh, obtain players that you like more. I think that's that's certainly a player we're willing to part with. And then Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts. His fantasy profile really starting to look solid on paper. I roster him. I like him. 
I still don't totally trust him, nor do I totally trust the Colts' offense. I, I loved how Carson Wentz looked on Monday night, but we just got to see more. And um, I think we got T.Y. Hilton returning. Paris Campbell finally started to get involved. Paris Campbell, by the way, a guy that I think maybe should have been on the bottom of the waiver wire cheat sheet this week. I mean, I can see he hasn't done quite enough to deserve it yet, but I'd point out guys that I'd start keeping an eye on. Uh, Paris Campbell, certainly in Indianapolis, one of the best route runners that we've charted at the Combine, uh, coincidentally, in Indianapolis as well. Um, just been totally um, hampered by injuries and bad quarterback play to start his career. But, you know, uh We'll be cautious there, uh, but let's keep an eye on what happens with Paris Campbell. Not really on the trade market, um, but more as kind of a waiver guy right now. But you know, don't be surprised if he's somewhere on the buy low side of the trade market uh, uh, here in the next few weeks because that's that's how these these tools kind of work. All this stuff kind of seamlessly flows together as we are you know, working uh, trades, consolidation trades to free and liberate roster spots so we can make more waiver moves and oftentimes on both these tools you'll see guys that were you know lower priority last week and over the course of the next few weeks you kind of see them uh you kind of see their stock rise and their desirability rise both on the trade market and both on the waiver wire that's using the tools at rosterwatch.com and guys uh, the other thing we're doing at rosterwatch.com is we have a great partnership with our good friends over at Jock Market, jockmkt.com. It's the newest, the most revolutionary uh, platform in daily fantasy sports. It's not about setting a lineup. It is simply about you know, going and purchasing players uh, like as a stock market, purchasing shares of players like as a stock market, like if you were in your Charles Schwab account at home and you know, there's a guy – couple of guys in a, a given week that you think are undervalued by the public you go in there you buy them and if they go off uh, you can very very quickly uh, stack that bankroll up it's a lot of fun it's um, it's it's trading in assets that you understand it's it's like a stock market and trading assets that you understand and you don't have to worry about setting an entire lineup. It's new. It's revolutionary. It's jockmkt.com. Our friends over at Jock Market, the Jock Market uh, Daily Fantasy Sports app. You guys can check that out on the App Store on your phone. And when you do, please use the promo code ROSTERWATCH. Again, please use the promo code ROSTERWATCH. And uh, you will get a, uh, a deposit match. Bonus code ROSTERWATCH. Really appreciate if all you guys would go just make a small deposit over on Jock Market and uh, give it a try and uh, make sure to use the bonus code ROSTERWATCH. All right, folks, let's continue here on the week six uh, edition of the ROSTERWATCH.com tradecast. Again, I'm Byron Lambert. We're going to move to the buy side of the week six fantasy football trade market, and we will continue with running backs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 50-50 to play this week. You won't get any sort of discount on him at this point, but it's your last chance to take a crack at a struggling team who rosters Christian McCaffrey, who was off to a monster start and was only 14% touchdown dependent in standard leagues um, so far this season. Very, very impressive. And, um, you know, if you have if you have the embarrassment of riches where you can just go move all in on a guy like that from a struggling team right now, 
I think you should consider it. Actually, I think that's a lot. You know, the more I look, that's the theme of this week's trade cast. The theme of this week's trade cast is being opportunistic. Um, the teams that are in really good position right now that have an embarrassment, a, a lavish luxury of uh, marketable fantasy assets from the top to the bottom of their roster, and they're sitting at the top of their standings, you know, undefeated teams, one-loss teams. Um, you guys in a position to be really opportunistic, and, and you got to be a little bit proactive to do this, but I promise you'll thank me. This is a major advantage over people who only use the waiver wire uh, to improve their team over the course of the season and neglect the trade market. This is a real opportunity to significantly improve your team and begin kind of uh, uh, widening the gap between you and your league mates. Uh, the Dalvin Cook would be another guy. I mean, again, we've talked about Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook the last few weeks, but um, you know, those the, the, those are guys that when they're injured, if you have the luxury to do it. Uh, you always look into seeing if you can acquire them. Uh, it, it's uh, similar for Dalvin this week. We don't know yet if he's going to play. Uh, he has the bye week next week. So there's a chance they might rest him through them. Or if you do acquire him this week, you know, is he going to be limited? And then you're going to get hit with a bye next week. Whereas Christian McCaffrey, um, he does not encounter his bye for a while. Uh, that is a little bit of a difference between those two. Um but I, dude, if we get if we get word that Dalvin is out or limited again this week, I think it could be time to strike. Probably your last opportunity. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get a crack heading into the bye next week if somebody's really struggling with them still. Uh, Twenty touches per game, but barely over eleven points per game in standard so far this season. Minnesota is at uh, Carolina this week. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you guys that is the number twenty three matchup on the matchup tool for fantasy. Running backs, of course, Madison has looked terrific. He did fumble at the end of the game, almost cost the Vikings the game last week, so maybe that uh, emboldens the team to uh, you know, be a little bit more urgent to, to get Dalvin back on the field, uh, but uh, that remains to be seen. And again, you know, sometimes the best time to offer these trades is before that news, that, that, that news to confirm one way or the other comes through. Well, uh, while your league mate is, you know, he's still... Uh, uncertainty is still clouding his mind. He just doesn't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, it's making him a little bit nervous. Uh, sometimes that's the best time. You wait too long and you get the news that, you know, Dalvin's going to play. Then boom, you know, your 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 opportunity has vanished right before your eyes. Saquon Barkley. This is probably the quintessential example of being opportunistic this week. Um, this is, again, if you are a winning team at the top of your standings, zero losses, one loss, with an incredible depth of assets, it's time to start getting greedy. This is where we start to put the hammer down on our opponents. Go trade for Saquon Barkley. Be the smart guy in your league and go trade for Saquon Barkley. You know, we're, it's a nasty-looking injury, but we're hearing he's, it's, it's, he shouldn't be out too long. And chances are his owner's off to a slow start this year anyways. He's had a couple good games recently, but he, his owner started him last week and lost him early in the game. That hurt him. You know, the first few weeks were slow, and now he's facing, you know, a potential extended absence here. I think if you have the luxury to do it, you should absolutely go after Saquon Barkley right now. That would be an epic move. And, 
you know, to a similar but maybe lesser extent. The same with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Same thing. We're hearing it might not be as bad as it looked. Uh, she could be back sooner than later. His owners could be off to a slow start this season. Um, you know, we don't get as excited about Clyde as we do about Saquon. You worry a little bit about the Marlon Mack trade rumors. Um, it's a calculated risk. But if you've got the assets to do it, I think he's like, what if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, when he comes back, like, what if he's your, 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 your flex or, like, your flex too? That'd be really cool. That'd be really, really cool. And the teams that are operating from a position of strength and luxury right now, um, they very well may have the opportunity to do that. Joe Mixon, a guy I'm not extraordinarily bullish on either, but – I think we just have to look at the situation. 20 touches per game, only two targets per game, under 12 points per game in standard. Uh, you see Samaje Pirine uh, starting to get a little bit more involved here. Obviously, some of it had to do with the uh, some of it had to do with the mix and injury. And you know, I think you have kind of mixed feelings about Joe Mixon, but I really do like this offense with T. Higgins back in the fold. I really do. I really, really do. Um, when all three of these wide receivers are healthy and Joe Burrow, I think, continues to hit his stride this season, uh, that's a very, very explosive offense. And this week, Joe Mixon gets the number one matchup in all of fantasy for running backs at Detroit. Um, and then, some. you know, he's got... Baltimore, the Jets, and Cleveland uh, after that. Let's see kind of how those uh, those matchups rate right now. Uh, Baltimore would be a middling matchup. We saw what Eckler uh, did to, what was it, Cleveland this last week, who, who, who rates as a tougher matchup, but certainly Eckler, Eckler got something done on him uh, this last week. And then let's see, we have the jets in week eight would be the other one. The jets are pain in the neck because they aren't a buy this week. So I cannot look up, uh, what their matchup rating would be for the fantasy running back. But nonetheless, it's Joe Mixon, you know, probably getting around 20 touches a game, uh, this season, uh, with a great matchup this week. I don't think his owner's married to him. Um, hasn't been great for Mixon. You know, he's been, Kind of a even a lackluster RB two, but we know that the profile is a little bit better than that. Uh, not a must buy, but I think Joe Mixon is a very interesting buy uh, if he is uh, available in your league. Javante Williams, the rookie in Denver, the timeshare hasn't changed much on its face, uh, but the buzz is beginning to build with how good Javante's been looking the last few weeks. So I'd say if you're in the mood for it. If you want to speculate on Javante Williams, the time is now while his box scores still look modest. His fantasy box scores still look very modest. Uh, the profile looks modest. But uh, if you want to speculate on the come for a guy like this, I think this is the time to do it before anything changes. Chase Edmonds, Arizona Cardinals. If he's available coming off a down week, I'm very interested. And it's been a really good season for Edmonds to this point. So, We'll see, but the down week has it was you know a little bit of a tough pill this last week, and James Conner been taking a little sheen off of him recently, vulturing touchdowns, which is certainly frustrating to fantasy owners everywhere. So Chase Edmonds, a player I really really like, really nice player on one of the league's best offenses. If somehow he's available in your league, I think that's a sneaky guy to trade for. 
Moving over to the wide receiver side of the buy market, the week six fantasy football trade market. Uh, top of the list here, I'm going to go ahead and go with Stefan Diggs. His owners have to be frustrated. Trust me, uh, I know I am. And uh, you kind of are beginning to question the entire thing. Was last year sort of a mirage with, with uh, Diggs just based on volume and kind of just, you know, uh, circumstances. Um, I'm still hopeful and relatively bullish on Stefan Diggs, which is the reason why he's in the buy side of the column this week. Um, but as a manager, my confidence is shaken. Um, likely is the Stefan Diggs owner's confidence in your league. And, um, you know, that team could very well be off to a slow start in the standings uh, because Diggs is the round two pick and he's been kind of not, not underperforming terribly, but he just hasn't given you any big games. It's not what you've been hoping for. You've been seeing a whole lot of your league mates have guys, you know, just you know blowing up here and there. So it's a little bit of FOMO you've had. And, uh, you know, so I think this creates an opportunity for Stefan Diggs, who has a great matchup this week at Tennessee, who's given up the most points uh, fantasy points to wide receivers so far in the season. It is a buy in week seven, so you, um, it is a little bit of a mixed bag uh, with the schedule. You know, beyond this week, it's a buy, and then you know some good matchups, some tougher matchups. So just you know what's in store if you do make the move for Stephon Diggs. Uh, it's not like it's just a, uh, it's not just cake uh, from here on out. But we do like this upcoming week, and you know with still almost. 10 targets a game, you know, in this offense, you just, you think that there's some, there's definitely better days ahead, you know, there's some big games in store, and there's going to be some kind of uh, positive regression, I think, that comes in waves here, that, that could, that could really help us down the stretch, so I'll take my chances with Stefan Diggs, if he's available, uh, I'm not going to go bananas, but I think he's a guy you certainly should be able to get a discount on at this point, um, Calvin Ridley, his owner could be screwed right now, heading into a bye after a lost week five where he missed uh, the, the game in London due to a personal issue. And this is all on the heels of a relatively slow start of the season. His owner may not be able to fade that bye this week. If you're a, uh, a rich team, if you're a wealthy fantasy team, and you can go stockpile and uh, sock somebody like Calvin Ridley away for a rainy day, I think it's a, an interesting get. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both should be back on the field finally together this week in what's a tough matchup on paper versus Buffalo. This is after A.J. Brown's lackluster return last week and what's been kind of a letdown with everybody outside of Derrick Henry in Tennessee this year. Um, I don't think there's any guarantees with A.J. Brown or Julio Jones at this point. I mean, I think rash logic dictates that there's going to be way better days ahead for these guys. Um, but... Uh, you know, I think we it would be a little bit aggressive to just assume that at this point. Um, you know, so proceed with caution a little bit on these on these guys. But look, I think there could be a deal to be had on both of them. Now, listen, their owners have waited this long uh, and kind of uh, waded through these injuries. Uh, they're probably not going to take a huge discount at this point, but I don't think they're married to either of those players, especially Brown coming off of. You know, he already put a bad game out there last week. So, I look, I'd take, I'd have a look. I'd have a look at what's going on with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and their owners in my league. Neither of them um, 
uh, you know, they don't have a bye until week 13, and uh, I really like that. I really like that. You know, we're going to that, – that'll help us out as a lot of our other players begin heading into bye weeks here uh, in the foreseeable future. Chris Godwin in Tampa, if he feels like the forgotten Bucks wide receiver in your league, I can always take my chances with Godwin. Um, it really is a pick-your-poison with those guys, and Godwin's been good. It just doesn't feel like the buzz – is around Godwin right now. So if you can get a discount on Godwin, I think he's somebody that is very much in play this week. I'd always be happy to onboard Chris Godwin. Um, he's a he's a winning player uh, for winning fantasy teams. Jalen Waddle, he dropped a touchdown last week, but it does look like his floor is about five to six targets per game. I think he looks like a really interesting piece if he can be had for cheap. We've, we've got Tua probably returning I think Will Fuller's still out for a little while. You know, Devontae Parker's been out now. Um, I, yeah, I think this is an interesting time to at least watch what's going on with Jalen Waddell. Uh, and it could be that he gets his value up here in the next few weeks, and then we know these other guys are returning, and we want to maybe sell high on him. Um, but right now, I, I think he's just an interesting guy that nobody's married to that can probably be had for, you know, uh, pretty cheap um i guess if i was consolidating or doing anything any kind of trade where i was getting you know uh, more than one player in return and somebody was trying to like throw in a guy to make it an even deal um you know waddle is a guy that i could consider um in a deal like that and then of course we've spoken about him in recent weeks i don't think it's going to be the same season we're accustomed to or what we saw last year, it's kind of a surprising turn of events from what we saw down the stretch last year where Keenan Allen was the guy getting 16 targets a game every week from Justin Herbert, it seems like. And, look, we know that Keenan Allen hasn't changed that much from last year to this year. I did say I thought he looked a quarter step slower at camp this year than maybe when I'm, I've seen him what at camp probably three. I've seen him at camp several times at this point. Still a very, very good player, um, you know, but – I think the disparity between him and Mike Williams is inexplicable, and it's at some point still likely to equalize to some extent. I mean, it, I, will he surpass Mike Williams this year? I don't think so. I mean, I think Mike Williams just flat out could be the wide receiver one with the Chargers, probably is at this point. But uh, I think the fact is Keenan Allen last year, you know, had some really good moments with Herbert. We know he's still a really good player. I think his owners are extremely frustrated. He's got to Baltimore this week and then a bye week. Um, so I'd say if you're operating from a position of strength and wealth of uh, fantasy talent, this remains a really nice luxury move uh, to go after uh, Keenan Allen. I mean, what if you could make him a flex or a wide receiver three? I bet you it'll pay off down the stretch. And then a couple of tight ends for you guys that are maybe looking to squirrel away a a better tight end talent for down the stretch or just looking to improve right now. I think if you're looking to improve right now, you can go take a look at TJ Hawkinson, who's been really bad the last month in fantasy. Um, I would take my chances. If I needed to upgrade my tight end position, I would take my chances and, you know, make a move for TJ Hawkinson. If I can make a, 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 um, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If I can make a, uh, I don't. I want to. I don't want to keep using the word cheap. If I can make a thrifty move 
for TJ Hawkinson, I will certainly consider it this week. And then I think kind of on the longer term with George Kittle, he's hit the IR again. Much of the theme of this week's Tradecast, the Week 6 RosterWatch.com Tradecast has been about opportunistic teams that have an embarrassment of riches with uh, only zero or one losses in the standings, making moves uh, to uh, you know start kind of building that just absolutely silly lineup and widening the gap between them and their competition. Um, absolutely, uh, George Kittle going to IR is somebody that uh, we should consider uh, beginning to get greedy with. All right, folks. Uh, I hope you guys all go get greedy on your trade markets this week. I cannot wait to see what kind of deals uh, go down as we see those uh, always come flying across the message boards at rosterwatch.com. And that's where you'll find me, Byron Lambert, at the message boards at rosterwatch.com this week. Until next time, Roster Watch Nation, so long. Yeah.